who's ready to rock today, Fire Nation? JLD here, and welcome to episode 1779 of EO Fire, where I chat with today's most inspiring entrepreneurs seven days a week. And everybody is scared of losing Fire Nation. Me too. But in my book, I teach you how to finally win. Visit howtofinallywin.com to learn how to create your dream life one step at a time. Now, I'll share with today's featured guest, Mike Belsito. Mike, are you prepared to ignite? JLD, I was born to ignite. Yes. <laughs> Mike is a co-founder of Product Collective, an organizer of industry, the product conference where those building, launching, and scaling world-class products gather. Mike, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro, and give us a little glimpse of your personal life. Sure, sure. Well, first, I have... Two young kids, uh, Edison and Emery, both are under five. They keep me so, so busy. But I also have an amazing wife, Hannah, who actually works for Cleveland's Convention and Visitors Bureau. Oh. So I'm sure she'd want me to say, come visit Cleveland. It's an awesome place. <laughs> um, and I agree with her. Cleveland is an awesome place. Uh, but, you know, aside from family life, which is awesome, I keep busy. You know, I, I love helping people. So a lot of the things that I do, it's all tied around helping people in some way. Um, one of those, I teach entrepreneurship and product management at Case Western Reserve University. Um, I serve my own city, which is Lakewood, Ohio. Um, I serve as the entrepreneur in residence, which basically just means, I mean, it's a literal term. I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a resident, uh, but I also meet with people that want to start new businesses and I, I help them on that front. Uh, so that is awesome. I co-host actually two podcasts on my own, mm. uh, Build Launch Scale and This New Economy, and even wrote a book about raising startup capital outside of Silicon Valley, um, which is start fund, uh, startup seed funding for the rest of us. So with all of that stuff, I just love looking for ways to help people, especially when it pertains to starting new businesses. And as you already mentioned, most of my time, though, taken up with Product Collective and our annual conference industry where you know we love helping people that are building, launching, and scaling products. Well, I love when people have pride from their roots. And have you seen that documentary, Believe Land? I have. I, I can definitely empathize with it. I love that. It was an epic, epic documentary. And the the ending was just like such a happy ending. You're like, oh, I'm so glad it ended that way. <laughs> so Fire yeah, Nation. Exactly. You want to watch an inspiring documentary. I think it's on Netflix, actually. So anybody that has Netflix, Believe Land. Literally a great documentary. And I've only been to Cleveland once and I did not hate it. I can't say that I fell in love with it. It was somewhere in between. I went to Content Marketing World. Have you been to that conference? Oh, yeah. Oh, Joe has been an awesome help to us at Product Collective. Yeah. Uh, Joe Polizzi. Nice. I took like, you know, this epic walk or uh, sorry, this epic run along the river. And, you know, I think that's where I was kind of like, you know, this could be a lot nicer. Yeah. Cuyahoga River. Actually, that's the one that people always tease us about because a long time ago it caught on fire. It is not caught on fire in a very long time, though. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, they've redeveloped that area. It's called the Flats, and it's pretty cool. Okay. Um, there's a lot of other awesome neighborhoods in Cleveland, too. But yeah, it, we'll, we'll bring you back sometime soon, JLD. Okay. You know, I might need a tour from a local. That might be it. But no, I was kind of just giving you a little bit of a hard time because it really was a cool city. It was very walkable. I love when cities have parks downtown and, you know, the Cleveland base, uh, Indians baseball stadiums right there. And isn't the Brown Stadium pretty close by as well? It is. It's right on Lake Erie. Oh, yeah, so it's, it's right, right there. I mean, literally right on the lake. So that's a pretty cool view when you're there. Nice, nice, nice. Well, definitely a city that I would have no issues revisiting. So I'll take you up on that uh, local tour when I do, Mike. And let's talk about your area of expertise right now. What would you say you specialize in? Yeah, well, my entire 12-year career 
it's all been spent on bringing ideas to life one way or the other, whether it be physical products, software businesses, or now, you know, really a conference. And I learn a lot about how to best do this, but, you know, and especially when it comes to audience building, in almost every single case, I started with no audience at all and really had to build that up from scratch. But also made a ton of mistakes too. Uh, but if I did have a superpower, I would say it would be just that, bringing ideas to life, especially when you're starting with absolutely nothing. Let's talk about what Fire Nation should know about your specialty that we probably don't because it's not the area that we're experts in. Especially when you're at the beginning stages of something, and, and this can be any idea, um, I would, and I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what the tip is, but I also want to give a very specific example of how it pertained for us. So what I would say is rather than immediately think about all the things that we could do that scale, like I'm, I'm only going to focus on the stuff that, you know, scales to, you know, millions of people. I would say in the very beginning stages, which, you know, I'll, I'll use the example of finding strategic partners. And for us at industry, you know, finding world-class speakers that can actually speak at our conference. We learn that the best way to do it is actually slow it down, be as personal as possible, even if there's absolutely no way to scale that. So the very specific example I'll give about that is for industry, from the very beginning, we had this vision of creating a world-class conference specifically for product people. So people that are product managers, VPs of product, you know, people with titles like that. And for us to do that, though, we had to have amazing people that can share their knowledge and expertise at our conference. But being a first-time conference, you know, it's the chicken and the egg. What what amazing speakers are willing to come, especially when we don't have this major budget where we're able to spend, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars on speaker fees. So what we decided to do was, look, we don't have that budget, but what we do have is heart. And we have this vision for what we're doing. And if only people could see that, if only people could somehow um, understand that maybe some of these amazing speakers would be willing to get involved with industry to give back to the product community. So what we did is we figured, okay, we could, I could go out and just send off these emails and I could do that thousands of times. That's very scalable, but that's not, you know, it, it, these people get these emails all the time. So instead what I thought was, all right, let me slow this down. Who are the people that we thought would be most amazing to speak at a conference like industry. And, you know, one example would be this year, Jason Fried, uh, co-founder of Basecamp. He, you know, author of Rework and all sorts of other books. He's amazing. Well, I didn't just send him some sort of random email. What I did was took my phone, you know, nothing special, just a regular smartphone. And I video recorded myself giving a personal introduction to Jason, just introducing him to me. Um, industry, why I thought he'd be amazing for industry. And I uploaded that video to YouTube and I didn't share it with people. I didn't make this, you know, some sort of social media uh, ploy to get Jason with people retweeting and liking. All I did was created an unlisted URL on YouTube, sent him a very short email basically saying, hey, Jason, I think you'd be amazing for industry, which is we're building from scratch for product people. I'd love for you to be there. But rather than me tell you in this email, I want you to hear it in my own words. And I just linked to that video. And before long, Jason Freed agreed to speak at industry. He doesn't do very many conferences every single year, um, but he agreed that industry would be his for this upcoming year, which we're so pumped about. So that's and the thing is, anybody can do that. Why it works? Not many people do do things like that. So for us, I'd say, again, slow it down, be personable, especially when you're at those beginning stages rather than focus on the scaling. 
It's so true, Fire Nation. You need to do things that don't scale, especially when you have time to do things that don't scale, which is when you're getting things going at the beginning, you know, not down the road when you're crushing it. But now I, I remember Airbnb story so clearly, you know, they were a Y Combinator and one of the, like the creators of Y Combinator looked at them and said, hey, where are your clients at? And they're like, well, we have, we have a handful of people in New York City. He's like, well, why are you here? Get your booties over there and talk to them. And they were like, well, that's not scalable. He's like, exactly. This is the time that you can can do things that don't scale and they went out there they pretend they, they didn't pretend but you know they use the the uh, excuse that they were going to take pictures to improve the Airbnb listing and they got in and they got to talk to the people that were you know the first users of Airbnb improved it and you know now we know what they are today so think about that fire nation Airbnb's founders did things that didn't scale early early on you can and should be too in your own industry in your own way now mike let's talk about what you consider your worst entrepreneurial moment today dates. Take us to that moment. Tell us that story. Yeah, when I was thinking about this, I mean, it would be very easy for me to say it was when my first startup, eFuneral, failed. And that was bad. What was the quick concept behind that? I'm a little, I'm a little fascinated. Yeah, eFuneral was a platform that helped families find end-of-life services, and they could connect with providers very quickly, in some cases instantly, get pricing, uh, reviews, all things like that. This is the, when they're at the time of their life, you know, this is something that people don't have that sort of information. Sometimes it's a $10,000 purchase. It's one of the most important and expensive purchases we'll make, yet most people make it with no information. So the whole concept for eFuneral was, let's get people the information that they need to make more informed Why did it fail, real quick? You know, I could probably go on a whole episode about it, but what I would say is in short, I think we were 10 to 15 years too early Hmm. in that there were a lot of people attracted to a service like eFuneral, but these tended to be, People in my generation, people that are in their mid 30s, um, early 40s, in those cases, um, they actually aren't the ones that are in mass planning the funeral. Yeah, you know, and timing's everything, Fire Nation. You really have to factor that in. There's timing, there's luck. I mean, I think about my hometown right now, there's literally one funeral home. So I want to really have enough time for your worst entrepreneurial moment, Mike. So take that away. Yeah, because it's actually what happened immediately after eFuneral. So eFuneral actually did get acquired, but I always say it was a fail sale. It was the kind of acquisition where I needed to get a job right afterwards. And I was trying to figure out, am I a sales guy? Am I a marketing guy? You know, I knew eventually I'd probably start something again, but it's not like I was working on that that next big idea. So I was recruited by a technology company um, in town from where I live to be a director of product strategy. And First of all, I had to Google what does a director of product strategy do to, <laughs> to try to figure that out. Um, but I was I was intrigued because this is an interesting company. They're great people. But the thing is, I got in way over my head. You know, I was sort of a product person at eFuneral, but you know, by you know by default, right? We were a startup, so I was wearing all sorts of hats. At eFuneral, we didn't have the processes, procedures, you know, all of that stuff that a you know scaling company, which is like this one was, you know, that they needed. Um, and I was being asked to create those things. So I, when I took the role, I went in, it didn't feel right at all. And I was stumped. I was trying to figure out like, why does this not feel right? You know, the, I've been doing this kind of thing, sort kind of, sort of all my life, but I'd go home and literally cry to my wife because I felt like I had no idea what I was doing. I was in over my head and I was just scared. Um, and, but it made me realize being a product person, it does take a very special discipline. It's not just as simple as, you know, hey, I think we, we have this idea to launch this new product. Let's do it. Um, but that way I was feeling that that, um, you know, it was a depressing feeling to, to feel the way that I was, especially coming off the heels of my startup failing. 
I was I was definitely bummed. But that's also where pretty much my major aha moment came, which then started to turn things around big time. And talk to us about your biggest lesson learned from there that our listeners can really walk away with. Yeah, I think the biggest lesson learned for me when I was going through all of that is just because you've done thing at done something at one stage doesn't necessarily mean it could apply for all the others. I mean, all of my experience, um, really even through now, it's been on the startup side. And I think I went into that role with an idea of, hey, you know, I'm not sure what I'm getting into here, but I've done this on the startup side. I, I'm pretty sure I know what it would take immediately, um, you know, in this scale up stage. And and it's not the same thing. I mean, and by the way, this company, they thought I was doing a good job. Like I'd come in and, and say to my boss and the CEO, like, I don't know if this is working out the way that I want it to. And they're like, well, what do you mean? Like this field on our end feels like it's a really great fit. But for me personally, because I had, it was, it had been just startups my whole career up until this stage, it really didn't feel right. So I, I wouldn't make that assumption if I was somebody, and it doesn't mean you can't do it. And again, I, I sort of found a better way later on, but I would make sure that you're not just assuming it's all going to feel the same from startup to scale up stage. Mike, let's talk about one of the greatest ideas that you've had today, your aha moments. Tell us that story. Yeah. And, and it stemmed from that failure, which I at least appreciate that, you know, that process that I went through, the pain I was feeling sort of amounted to something good. So, you know, here I was this pretty lost product person trying to figure things out, trying to learn. And the thing is, you can't go to school for product management. Up until very recently, there was no college major. I think today there's one college in the whole country that offers a product management major. What college is that? Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh, believe it or not. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Not even Stanford yet, although I'm sure at some point soon, you know, you'll see <laughs> something there. But um, yeah, but there were books and there's awesome podcasts and so th- those are the things that I was turning to at the time. And, but the best way that I learn is through other people. You know, it's talking to people one-on-one, hearing what their experiences were, how they've gone through it, what did they learn from it. And Cleveland has product people, but there was not a center of gravity pulling everybody together. Um, There's not this one place you could go to to connect with all these product people. So I actually, I just at this point in time, I just spoke at a regional tech conference in Cleveland and the, the organizer had asked me for feedback. And I said, you know, I think this, this went well and seems like people here like it, but you know, I'm in this position as a new product person. I'm trying to learn what it means to be a product person. Right. I don't, there's no conference that I'm aware of anywhere in the Midwest where it's pulling product people together. What if, what if you turn this into a product conference and made this actually have nothing to do with Cleveland, except for the fact that it's located here, but let's bring the best in the world here. And Mike, let me pause you for one second, because I think this would be interesting because I'm even kind of struggling with this concept just a little bit. What are you actually talking about when you use the word product? I mean, does it have to be a physical product? Can it be a virtual product? Can you let us know what you mean by that? For sure. So for me, when I say product person, it actually doesn't necessarily have to do with physical or digital. Although, you know, it, what's happening now is, is technology-oriented companies. So I'll say that is the common tie usually, is that technology is a part of that product. And these technology-oriented companies, they bring on board specific product people. So the title might be product manager. And that person's role is really to be the go-between with executive management and the software development team and the designers. So this is somebody that has a unique role where they can articulate what needs to get done and work hand-in-hand with the design and development teams to do that. 
but they're also the ones that can totally be in front of customers. They can be in front of the executive team. They could be at board meetings. Um, so being able to speak all of those different languages and navigate, um, which all, by the way, not having any of those groups report to you, you know, so you're trying to motivate these teams to get things done yet. They, they oftentimes don't report to the product manager, but those are the, it's a very specific function in technology organizations. And that's, that, that function is what I'm talking about when I say product people. Okay, cool. Continue. So at this point I had said, you know, Hey, what about turning this into a product conference? He said, great. What if we did that together? You know, you're, you're a product guy, like you're doing this right now. What if we were to team up on it? And so just on the side, I mean, it was still working for that company, but just on the side, we made it a point to say, all right, you know what? Let's, in nine months, let's build this product conference. And what we figured was, in the beginning, you know, we'll make it world-class. Like, let's try to attract speakers from all over the country, even out of the country. But, you know, realistically, it'll be people within a couple of hours driving distance from Cleveland that will be our target. You know, those are the people that, for a first-time conference, you know, they will probably uh, be open to it. But what happened is that first year, we had folks from 21 states and seven countries come to industry. And that was an eye-opening experience for me, not from a, not even from a like, hey, we could start a business on this, but it was that, you know what? Product people need a community. They need a community of their own where they can meet other product people, learn best practices, trade ideas. And so that was the aha moment for me, was just realizing that these product people needed a community of their own. And it was at that point where we decided we were going to give that community to them. So what do you want to really make sure that our listeners get from this aha moment? Like, how can we apply your knowledge, what you learned to our lives? So what happened for me is I was, I went from being in the situation where I was depressed, not really knowing what I was doing as a product person to now being a, essentially a product management influencer. I mean, here I was, I now had this stage where I was, bringing speakers on and some of the best product people in the world and giving them a platform to share their expertise. The thing about it is more than the conference, I mean, selfishly, I wanted to do this so I can learn from them. Right. So for me, I think the biggest takeaway is even if you find yourself at a point where like you feel you're like at the biggest low, like you have a lot to learn, you are not the expert at all. I would say, you know, think of situations where you could put yourself and, you know, surround yourself with those experts. Might not be a conference, might be a podcast. It might be some sort of blog that you're interviewing product folks for. I say product folks, whoever your, you know, uh, influencers are, whoever your experts are. This is something that any, I mean, if I did this, literally anybody could do it. It's not like I'm a genius here, but I think this is kind of, the, this is the kind of thing that's applicable to anybody, whether it's a conference or some other platform. So, Mike, I kind of want to move into what you're most fired up about today. Like, if you could break that down for us, what would it be? It's a couple of things. I mean, you're talking to me when we are weeks away from industry, which is this will be the third year now where we have 700 people coming. I mean, it's now the fastest growing product management conference in the world. So I'm absolutely fired up about that because, you know, we're this is now where all the final details come into place. If I look at my conference as a product, I mean, this this, you know, in the next few weeks, this will be the time where. All of my customers, all of my users get to experience the product. So this is a very delicate time. But I'm most fired up to think about where can things go beyond the single conference that we have. I mean, right now as a business, this is it. We have we have one product. It's our conference. Right. Um, we do other things. You know, we have a Slack channel that uh, product folks can communicate with others. Um, you know, newsletter, podcasts, and all those things are free for people to access. But 
it's from a business standpoint, you know, we offer this one conference yet we're right at the point in time where we're planning what 2018 looks like. So is that another conference, um, whether it's in the United States or not, is that, um, are there other workshops that we can start to plan? I mean, we're literally, my partner and I are literally having those conversations this week and I'm really fired up to, to, you know, figure out where product collective and industry can go and, and just how else can we help product people. And Fire Nation, this was exciting about growing a business is that you build the audience by delivering this free, valuable, consistent content, asking them what they're struggling with, you know, providing them solutions like now Mike is with the conference industry, and then you continue to learn from them and you can kind of build off these different niches and revenue streams and opportunities to have your audience experience all of this. And if you think the value bombs are going to stop right here, you're wrong because we're going to crush it (laughs) in the lightning round after we thank our sponsors. You know what's really frustrating? It can sometimes be a little embarrassing when you spend a lot of time in bandwidth creating something you're sure is going to work and then it bombs. Kind of like when you create a Facebook ad for a client or for your own business and the money goes out but nothing comes back in. Losing money, no matter whose it is, is no fun. And when you're working with clients, losing their trust is definitely not something you want to do. So why struggle trying to figure it out on your own when you can just copy Billy Jean? My friend Billy Jean is hosting a free training where he's going to select a random attendee and build an entire Facebook advertising campaign from scratch. The ad copy, the landing pages, and everything in between. He's also going to show you the same process he's used working with some of the world's largest franchises to get ROI. Claim your spot at INeedThisTraining.com. That's INeedThisTraining.com. I know from first-hand experience, launching your first website can be both frustrating and overwhelming without the right tools in place, which template to choose, how to customize it to fit your brand, the list goes on. Lucky for you, HostGator has all the tools you need to build and host your first website all in one place. In addition to having hundreds of templates for you to choose from, they also offer a drag-and-drop website builder and mobile-friendly templates that make it easy to create a great-looking website fast. Plus, they offer 24-7 live expert support so there's always someone to help you when you need a hand. And HostGator offers a 45-day money-back guarantee. So if you decide it's not the right platform for you, no problem. With HostGator, having a website is easy and affordable. Take your website from dream to reality. Visit HostGator.com slash fire for 60% off today. That's HostGator.com slash fire. Mike, are you ready to rock the lightning rounds? Let's go, JLD. Let's go. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? It was absolutely confidence, knowing that if I push myself off the ledge, would I fall instead of fly? What is the best advice you've ever received? Don't underestimate your gut. If something feels like it's not right, it's usually not. What's a personal habit that contributes to your success? I create weekly to-do lists and I share them with my partners in the business and they do it too. It just helps ourselves hold each other accountable and stay on track. If you could recommend one resource on the internet, what would it be and why? Definitely Hack, which this is a website where you enter somebody's name, company, Twitter handle if you have it, and it auto-magically searches the web and it finds their email for you. So whether for us, it's trying to hunt down contact information for a potential speaker or sales lead, whatever it might be, Cell Hacks just saved me a ton of time. If you could recommend one book, what would it be and why? 
it would definitely be Content Inc. by Joe Polizzi. Um, and I know we, we talked about him a little bit before yeah. he is Content Marketing Institute, but um, he's been on your show a bunch of times. But he, you know, being here in Cleveland, I've had uh, the awesome privilege of getting to spend time with him and he's been super helpful to us. But the whole book is about building your audience through content. And I've just learned um, through Joe and, you know, even beyond Joe, just content lets you build your audience in a way where you're showing off your expertise. And the book is just a great primer on that. Absolutely. And I was very honored to be the feature on the podcast section of that content marketing aspect. So Joe is a good friend and definitely uh, recommend all that he does. And Mike, let's end today on fire with you giving us a parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you. And then we'll say goodbye. Well, I would say no matter what your business is, no matter what kind of business, go out of your way and help people. And at first, ask for nothing in return. Don't expect anything in return. Chances are, you know, you've already asked people for a ton of help in the past. I know I have. Um, But what I found is that when you make it a point to help people, the world has a weird way of paying you back. Um, It's happened with me time and time again. I now have a personal rule. It's my personal coffee meeting rule where if somebody asks me for coffee, they're in my area, I always accept. And it's really, really hard because I'm really busy and you know I'm getting busier and busier. But I was once that person that was doing most of the asking when it comes to coffee meetings. And I've met a lot of people that way. It's really helped me. So I have this personal rule that it might take a while, but we will find time and I will make it happen. And I just think that people that go out of the way to help other people often get it back. Um, and I would say the best way to connect with me I love I love meeting new people, making new friends. You could connect with me. Uh, you just send me a note, Mike at ProductCollective.com. You can find me on Twitter, um, which I'm just at Belsito, B-E-L-S-I-T-O. Um, or you know, I love connecting with people on Slack. We have our own Slack community at Product Collective. You just go to ProductCollective.com and sign up for it. It's free, and there's all sorts of other things too. But um, it, Slack is just an awesome way to connect with other people, you know, if you have the right community there. So we have about 3,000 product people that participate in our Slack community. So that's really cool. And I definitely have an offer for Fire Nation. If anybody wanted to come to industry, and I would say this is like not just industry 2017, we'll make it for next year too. If you uh, go to our website, which is indsum.com, I-N-D-S-U-M, short for Industry Summit, and if you end up signing up and you use the code FIRE, you'll you'll actually save $50 off of your pass. So I'll make it a little bit easier for folks to come to industry that want to come. And um, I would say send me a personal note if you do that too, because I'd love to connect you while you're here and hopefully more valuable than the discount. I'd make it a personal point to connect you with folks that I think could be helpful to you. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, Fire Nation, if you're anywhere in the Cleveland area and you're not going to reach out to Mike for a coffee, then um, you're just not putting in the time. You're not putting in the grind. I mean, this is how myself, Mike, so many other successful entrepreneurs started by connecting with those who have been there, who have done that. So reach out to Mike at productcollective.com. Say, hey, I'm in the Cleveland area. Heard you on EO Fire. Let's do coffee. Mike, I think you might uh, block a whole day of coffees and just let people know, hey, I'm just doing 15 minute coffees back to back and you're going to have like yep. probably the biggest caffeine day of your life when this happens. Hey, I love <laughs> caffeine. I love good coffee shops. So I'm in. Where's the coffee shop going to be? 
for me, I love Root Cafe, which is right in my hometown of Lakewood, Ohio. Ooh. That's an awesome. There's a few awesome ones, but Root's my favorite. Nice. Love it. Well, Fire Nation, if you end up going to Root and hanging out with Mike, give me an email. Let me know. I want to give you big props for doing that because you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And you've been hanging out with MB and JLD today. So keep up the heat. And of course, head over to Indsum, that's I-N-D-S-U-M dot com. If you want to go to Industry, that incredible summit, either in 2017 or 2018, if you use promo code FIRE, you get $50 off. And again, Mike's email is mike at productcollective.com. Even if you're not in the Cleveland area and you can't do coffee, uh, shoot him a note, say thank you, ask him a question. He's definitely the kind of person that's going to uh, respond and help out in any way he can. And I just want to say thank you, Mike, for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. All right. Thanks so much. Hey, Fire Nation. Hope you enjoyed our chat with Mike today. And it's time to accomplish your number one goal in 100 days. So visit thefreedomjournal.com and Use promo code podcast as a little discount to say thank you for listening to the podcast. And I will catch you there, Fire Nation, or I'll catch you on the flip side. Ready to ditch frustration and overwhelm when it comes to launching your first site? HostGator can help. With their drag and drop website builder and 24-7 live support, they make it easy to get your site up and running fast. Visit HostGator.com slash fire for 60% off today. That's HostGator.com slash fire. My friend Billy Jean is hosting a free training where he's going to build an entire Facebook advertising campaign from scratch. The ad copy, the landing pages, and everything in between. Why struggle trying to figure out Facebook ads on your own when you can just copy Billy Jean? Claim your spot today at INeedThisTraining.com. That's INeedThisTraining.com.